Welcome to the Sisters Surviving Motherhood podcast. I'm Jennifer. And I'm Wendy. In this podcast, we talk about topics like parenting, no spoilers there, but also topics like health and creativity, productivity, and career, all from the perspective of regular moms just trying to survive another day, and maybe, maybe even thrive. Join us as we share our trials and triumphs and remind our audience as well as ourselves that we are in this together. Welcome everybody. Episode five. We're back today talking about meal planning, whether we currently meal plan, whether we want to, and how it can really be beneficial not only to save time, um, but for me at least to lower stress. We both have families. I personally have a family of five and Jennifer, you have family a family of three. Of three. Both of us, of course, have kids, and as anyone with kids know, kids are difficult sometimes at the table and picky, and we have so many pressures of getting our kids to eat healthy meals with the family, um, so the last thing that we need to stress about is knowing what to cook. So I think we'll start today by talking about whether or not we have a meal planning method right now and kind of see what we do. So Jennifer, why don't you go first? Well, uh, what I'm doing right now, I would consider meal planning. I actually, usually I would plan kind of like every month. So at the end of a month, I will look at the next month and start putting in meals. And I actually use an app called... Well, it's not really a meal planning app, but it's an app called Good Notes. It's on my iPad. I initially got this app because I had a new iPad that had a pencil, like a Apple pencil, and I just loved writing on my iPad. And the Good Notes app, it's just like no a notebook or you know, you can make new notebooks and you can write um on the surface like a notebook. And they have different templates. So they have like a month calendar template just with like all the like the grid. Mm -hmm. And so I use that. And then I have all of my meals. I kind of made like digital stickers for them all. (laughs) And so I have, you know, different colors (laughs) for different. As I'm saying this, it does sound crazy, but different colors for like chicken, beef, you know, and this has no purpose honestly this is the artist in you though to be honest no purpose it's just what I did because I could I guess at the time and I'll just write you know the meal so like hamburgers or (laughs) you know spaghetti and meatballs you know whatever it is usually I just write the main dish I don't write like the whole meal that I would make and once I do that you know I can kind of look back on previous months and just like grab these stickers and like copy them to the new month. So that helps me a lot because I feel like I'm not starting from scratch. Like I look back and see, well, here's the meals I make every month, pretty much. And with this method, I rarely repeat a meal in a month on purpose. It can happen, but that's when I'm planning it, this is not happening. I don't put a meal on every day. I'm one of those, yeah, I'm one of those like, you know, three to four meals a week, kind yeah. of, you know, otherwise 
it's I think it's pointless because it's not it's not going to be more than that probably. I I like leftovers. I hate throwing away leftovers. So I I have leftover days scheduled in my calendar to where they're going to have, you know, my boys are going to have to eat something that's not me cooking it, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've been doing. That's pretty much all I do. I just look at the month before and sometimes even I've got these now for like over a year because I've been doing it that long. So I'll look like say September is coming up. I'll look at last year's September and be like, well, that's a good idea to make. You know, is there anything I made back then that I would make now? Of course, mostly I'm making the same stuff. Seriously. Like I look back a year ago and there are not many surprises. Like Mm -hmm. I am still making the same thing. So it can be a little repetitive for some people if they really love cooking, but you can put new meals in. Like I just use my little background stickers and write something new. Um, so I, I do do that occasionally. Um, and then after I'm done with that, I will write it down. This is, would be good if we had a video. I write it down on my weekly plan that I have on the fridge um, because I don't like answering the what are we having for dinner question. So Damon can look at that and and have some idea. I guess it's kind of a good thing and a bad thing because I don't often stick to the schedule. <laughs> Like, I'll make all the meals, probably, but I might switch them around. So, you know, something might happen, or I forgot about going to this, or, you know, because I'm just not that organized. And I'll just be like, well, I forgot to take out the chicken to thaw. Yeah. You know, oops, which happens every time. So I'll switch around. Like, on my week plan this week, we had paninis on Monday, tacos yesterday. Today is grilled chicken skewers. So like most of that's been on my list for two weeks and it never has happened because I forget to take the chicken out. I did yesterday. So that should stick. But like, say I didn't. The next one is waffles. Yeah. I would just switch those around and take them out and like do them the next time. Interesting. Um, So, so yeah, that's, that's what I do. And it, like I said, it doesn't always work out very well because the the frozen meat thing is a difficult problem for me because I just forget. And also, like, if I take it out sometimes, like, say I take, if I looked ahead at my week and I took everything out on Monday, I don't always get to all the meals. Mm-hmm. So then I've got this meat in my fridge that I have to do something with yeah, and we're not refreeze. eating it. Yeah. So it's stressful. Well, let me ask you, what is your meat thawing process? Because we have one that I got from my husband when we got married. And I think it works really well, but I wonder if I'm if nobody else does this. So let's say you are gonna make something with chicken. When do you have to take it out and where do you put it? Well, I mean I probably should take it out at least well, depending on what it is, a couple days before I have to use it. Mm-hmm. If I take it out the day before, which I did this time and it may not have been enough, it's probably not going to be completely thawed. Mm-hmm. So I guess if, if I was <laughs> if I was remembering, I would probably do at least two days in advance. And then I usually put it, like today, the chicken is just in a Ziploc bag. In um, the fridge in the or fridge. on the counter? Okay. No. I don't do that, although mom did that. and. You did. Do like you do that? The morning, 
No, I go a step further and people listening might be like, I'm not sure if that is, is okay. I, I don't see a problem with it. I don't see how it could have like a negative impact on the meat, but I guess, Hey, you know, if it does let me know we're still alive. So, um, when I was younger, I would want to make hamburger helper after school (laughs) back when hamburger helper was delicious. And mom, of course, you know, we lived far away from the store. So we had to buy meat in bulk and then she separated it and froze it like she does now, like you probably do, like I do. And, uh, but I wanted hamburger helper right then. So I would often get half a pound of hamburger, a little ball that is in a Ziploc bag, and I would microwave it using the defrost option. And it was a terrible idea. Like, it would, half of it would get almost cooked and the middle would still be frozen. You know, you'd have to like do it for really small periods of time, keep taking it out, cutting it in smaller pieces. Wasn't worth it. Would never do that now. I, however, I, when I married my husband, he would do this method where he would ensure that the frozen meat was always completely sealed, usually in the packaging it came from. I don't know if anyone else like shops at Costco or Sam's, like if you buy, you know, chicken breast in bulk or hamburger in bulk, it's sealed in individual portions, um, sometimes too big, but most of the time it fits our family of five. And, you know, I could cut up just the packaging and it's still sealed, like nothing could get in it. We will, like, I'm talking two hours before dinner needs to be cooked sometimes even less. I take the portion I need from the freezer, I put it in my sink, and I fill one side of my sink with warm water. Not hot water, warm water. And the meat will sit in that water and slowly defrost without cooking and without the water touching the meat, which I know is a bad, a no-no. I, that's the only way that I can function. And we'll get into why when we talk about my experience with meal planning. But that's what I do every day. I can't remember. Like you said, I can't remember two days in advance to take out meat and keep it in the fridge. Plus, I have very limited fridge space and I don't want all this meat just sitting there. So have you ever heard of anyone doing that? He was the first person I've ever heard of doing that. I do it religiously now and it works so well. The meat is still cold when you cook it, but it's defrosted completely through. I don't know. Have you heard of it? No. I mean, I've heard of like, like shrimp or like seafood, putting it in a bowl of water, mm-hmm. um, like a bowl of cold water usually. Yeah, we do that with cold. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I don't think I've ever, yeah, I don't know that I've ever heard of that or, or th- thought about or it, but I'm going to try it. <laughs> yeah. No, like just David yesterday. Heard. I like tacos. I had put the hamburger in the fridge the day before and it was still frozen solid Mm -hmm. um, when it came time to make dinner. So I stuck it in the microwave, you know, the whole package and just defrost, you know, and it and it was still slightly frozen in the middle. But it was enough to like push to break apart and stuff. So no big deal. But if you want to do like hamburgers or anything where the meat 
needs to be cooked a different way than just like grounds. It has to be uh, like browning it to work with before cooking. Yeah. And that that's so that's like we pretty much just buy hamburger that we never freeze if he's going to make hamburgers because I just can't do it right, you know. Yeah. So, and even like the chicken, like we buy, buy frozen chicken breasts and I only I only use those for like like I make like instant pot stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'll put those in. But like, if we're going to make like seared chicken or grilled chicken, for the most part, I won't just, I won't defrost that stuff. I'll just buy fresh stuff because I just, I feel like it's never, it never works very well. Although, like I said, I did have some chicken thighs that I bought frozen, which I've never done before. And I'm trying to defrost them. <laughs> may or may not happen in time for dinner. But maybe I'll put them in the sink. <laughs> I swear. Yeah. I, I feel like that's the hardest part of meals for me is is the frozen, you know, meat. If we're have if we are having meat, that's that's like, yeah, like you said, sometimes you have to think about it like days beforehand if depending on how you're defrosting something and if you're not buying it fresh, then you know, you have to have some sort of meal plan in order yeah. to, to be ready for that. Yeah, one YouTuber that I watch, and a lot of her content is based on meals, like cooking. Um, Farmhouse on Boone is the name of the channel. And her, she's got like a family of like, I don't know, she's got like seven children or something. <laughs> like, she works at home, you know, she's a blogger, YouTuber, and uh, they homeschool their kids. They've got like a bazillion kids. And her technique for this, she does not meal plan, but she says she always has like a, you know, nine by 13 pan in her refrigerator full of frozen meat that she's thawing. Like she just always has it. You know, there's always something in it. When she takes something out, she puts something back in mm-hmm. and she just figures whatever is, re- you know, ready. That's what I'm going to make, which sounds wonderful, but <laughs> like, we'll never eat all that. Yeah. I mean, sometimes we just don't cook as that much. You know, she's going to have it all eaten because she's got so many kids to feed and all that. But um, I, I've tried sort of to do that before. And, and then, you know, once you defrost something, like, you got to use it. You can't just shove it back in the freezer, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's what I've been led to believe. Shouldn't. I don't know. <laughs> you know, so I don't do that. But yeah, maybe we should have researched this before <laughs> sharing our methods. <laughs> I don't put it back, so there you go. What about you? What do you do? I honestly, do? listening to your like month idea, that sounds amazing. Like I, I don't know why I didn't even like think about it monthly. I I think about it weekly, and ours ours is more of a financial need that's driving our meal planning than actually just like better for the person cooking, which spoiler alert is me. (laughs) We, of course, like every single person, most everybody, uh, we are struggling with grocery bill. Like it is a lot. I feel like everything is so much money nowadays. Sometimes it feels like it would be cheaper just to go out to eat and I wouldn't have to do anything. But uh, in order to kind of know what our budget's going to be for other things, um, meal planning and then being able to just grocery shop once a week is like ideal um, for us to stay in budget. 
and have everything we need for the meals for that week. I have a, like I said, I have a, usually have five people total to cook for. Some weeks it's four when, when we don't have my uh, stepson with us. And I think of it as a weekly menu. That does mean I have a lot of repeats every week because that's how I approach it. And now that I've heard you talking, <laughs> I'm, I'm like looking up the app on my phone, going to download it, going to like get this monthly thing going because I love the idea of thinking about it in a month because it really would make me see, hey, well, you know, what should I have in this month? More like a group of items instead of, you know, my four same meals every single week. It gets really boring. I mean, it's great to have your regulars that everybody likes that you know, you know, this is going to please everybody. It's easy to make. I know exactly how to do it. It's affordable. That's great. But otherwise, because I'm the one with the burden of meal planning, because I'm the one cooking, I absolutely hate thinking of meal ideas. It's like something I don't enjoy if I think of trying a new recipe, my, fr- my only thought is, well, I don't have any of that stuff. I only have in my pantry the stuff for the meals we have over and over. And, you know, sometimes that means a lot of extra money on even just spices. Good grief, spices cost so much sometimes. Well, if you get the organic ones, which <laughs> the husband is very, <laughs> very obsessed with the whole organic, which... I mean, I'm not putting it down. Heck, if I can have everything organic, that sound that would be awesome. But no, my we're husband. talking like almost ten dollars sometimes for a bottle of this stuff. No, what, my is husband, your husband like that? He, um, no, he's not not at the moment. But we talk about like going to your house and how the food is always really good, you know. And my husband actually said once, and I was talking about, oh yeah, whenever we go there, like what they make is really good. He's like, well, they've got good food, like good ingredients. You know, they're so particular about what they buy that it's going to be better. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well. (laughs) But yeah, so meal planning for me is very on and off. I feel like I get it done and I get it right 50% of the month. Maybe like two weeks, I actually, you know, sit down because it does take time, doesn't it? Like you have to intentionally sit down, make your list. Look through your pantry, look through your fridge, write down what you need, and like just make sure everything is set. I would say that the weeks that we have our stepson, when I have that family of five, I'm much more likely to meal plan just because I feel like we're all together. We make more of an effort to sit down at the table together, and it just feels like it's a more automatic thing to want to have a plan for our meals that week and something that he'll like to eat. He's our nine-year-old, so he's at that stage where, you know, he's a bit pickier. There's certain things he likes and certain things that he absolutely hates. And I want him to be happy and I want him to to enjoy mealtime. So I do make an extra effort when he's here. The other half of the month, it is a 4.30 p.m. decision. And For those who don't know, I work from home. Thank goodness I could never do this. For those people who both work outside the home and you don't get back to your house till like five or six, I don't know how you do it, praise. 
but I work from home. I have the day to kind of get used to the idea of cooking. And then I do have like an hour after work before we all get home to cook. So it's my job. I do not like cooking, but I'm here. So like I said, half the month, I plan it out. I know exactly what I'm cooking. I defrost things. If I know what I'm having, I will take it out the night before and finish the defrost out of the fridge a couple hours before, something like that. The other half of the month, I really struggle. I have that like 30-minute stressful period of time where I'm just like, what do I cook? What do I cook? I text, you know, my husband, any, any thoughts for dinner? Any, anything kind of, you know, tickling your fancy? What do you feel like? Whatever, babe, whatever you want to make. Well, the the answer is nothing. The answer is nothing. I don't want to make anything. Pick something up to go on your way home, but I can't, I can't say that. So I, you know, I just try to think what's something we haven't had within the last three days. And then I pick the easiest thing and I make it and half the people like it, half the people don't, whatever. So I really want to try the monthly meal planning thing. That sounds great. And the idea of looking back what you cooked last year, that blew my mind. I was like, that would be awesome to look back and be like, oh, you know, I tried this soup. September 21st last year and I loved it let's try it again yeah if you forget because yeah stuff does just fall off your radar you know I remember when my when mom I feel like I must have been in high school you know old enough to like use the computer with some dexterity and she was complaining you know our mother you know she has four children homemaker extravagance you know she's just amazing we Very always had food. Woman. um we always had plenty of it I remember us all going to the doctor and complaining about our weight and the doctor saying it may be your mom you know feeding you too much or I don't know so mom has always had snacks ready after school she's amazing but she like us has never really loved cooking mm-hmm. all these years she just does it because it is necessary Um, She's never like, it's never like inspired her or anything. But I remember her complaining, like she just never can think of what to make. And I realized, I was like, well, I could probably write a list Mm -hmm. of all the things you make. And I did. I I wrote a list and I made it like into a a printable, you know, we laminated it. I don't know if I did that. I think maybe mom did that. A little bit of like little circles over here to, you know, for design. And I did categories, you know, beef, chicken, all that, you know, the meat categories. And just having a list of stuff that you are capable of making, I feel like is is the biggest plus the way you were talking about my monthly meal planning makes it sound better than it, it is the way I do it because I often, like I said, don't make everything that I've planned. So I will go back. I do go back on a weekly basis, like either Sunday or Monday or whatever, whenever I think about it. And I will grab the meals that I didn't make, drag them down to the next week or, you know, put them somewhere else that makes sense. But it is awesome at that moment, you know, when you're thinking about, oh, it's time to go shopping. Like, what do I get? I I do do weekly shopping. I don't do monthly. I'm just scared that if I did monthly that half the stuff 
wouldn't be good because I don't make everything, you know, that I think yeah. I'm going to make. But having an already full week of meals when I'm looking at it and just deciding, like, does that look fine? Yes. You know, no. It's so much better than starting from square one every day. And like you said, it, if you, if something doesn't sound good, it's easier to look somewhere else in the month and drag and drop than to think, okay, well, then what else can I cook? I got to start from scratch, like trying to remember all of these other things that you cook and people like. Yeah, yeah. No, and I do like, uh, I think spaghetti, that's something that everybody will eat, including <laughs> Finley, which is amazing. Yeah, spaghetti. And then tacos. Those two things may come like twice a month, mm-hmm. depending, because I always have frozen meatballs and they are like, you can just literally dump them in a pan with sauce frozen and make them. It's super easy. You don't have to thaw them. So I know I always have that. I always have spaghetti, always have some kind of sauce. So that's a good backup meal when things go wrong. I always have that. And then tacos. Can I ask what meatballs that you get? I mean, we just get Italian meatballs, great value. I mean, whatever's at Walmart. Maybe I should do that because... My my two our two sons have been asking for meatballs in spaghetti instead of meat sauce. And if I didn't have to make the meat sauce and I could just make sauce with meatballs in it, that sounds so great. <laughs> so now I'm this gonna, is something this. that I have to give Damon all the credit for. <laughs> I never even considered buying meatballs, frozen meatballs, or making them at all. Yeah. You know, if we had spaghetti. It was just ground beef with yep. spaghetti sauce. Yep. Um, I never ever considered it, but his big one of his big meals that he made ever pretty much every week for his kids was spaghetti and meatballs, and that's what he did. Wow, so. I'm just gonna have to. Maybe Costco has like a good meatball bag. Actually, I think the last one we got was from Sam's because they're all in. I you know split them up into separate bags because mm-hmm. it was just too big. Uh, to mess with but yeah and the nice thing about that is finley my my kid who's super picky he won't eat meatballs mm. and he doesn't want meat in his sauce so it right? works for him too yeah, yeah. easy to so pick it's out. super easy because they're big meatballs so you can mm-hmm. just scoop around i think that's a great next subject is meal planning with picky eaters or people who like different things for you you know you're a family of three, so really you're thinking of two other people, but you also have to think of yourself. And I know that your tastes can be very different, especially from your son's, but also from Damon's. So are there any like techniques or any strategies that you use when creating a meal that maybe not everybody likes served the same way, but you kind of tailor it to to give options for the pickiness. I wish that I had a really <laughs> great answer. Um, so, f- I mean, what I'm doing, like my child is six. He has been super ultra, ultra picky since about three years old. Mm-hmm. First, the first and most important thing is accept that they will not always eat the main course. I actually, I took a picky eating course or I should say taking since I only did half but I will I will finish it 
at some point. And one of the big things that I found helpful was the idea of making sure your child has one thing. According to the course, that is all you need for them is one thing they will eat. It can be apples. It can Mm -hmm. be crackers. You know, whatever it is that you know that they usually, because my kid is so picky, that even the things that he really loves, he may not actually eat. Yeah. Um, but, the, you know, something that they have accepted as food, they will eat on a regular basis. Make sure you serve that on their plate or on the table, whatever, however you want to do it. And don't freak out about whatever else you're serving. So that I feel like that's very important. I try to remind myself that every day for every meal I feed him not to stress out so much about well he's not gonna like this or if I make this like he's not gonna eat any of it because you just gotta keep giving them stuff like if you only made what they liked they'll never try anything new yeah so I have to accept that so I can't make him his favorite meals or meals he'll even eat every day so that's I guess step one and then like you said trying to have meals that you can maybe like tailor to the person. So I mentioned Instant Pot. I have not made this in the last like two months because it's been summer. But one of the things I really like is chicken curry. Ooh, yes. You know? So all I do for that is I put frozen chicken breasts in my Instant Pot. I actually do. I do do an extra step that you don't have to do. I will cut up onions onions and peppers and I will saute them in the bottom with some garlic first and then but of course that's tricky because sometimes it'll burn a little bit and then your instant pot will freak out and tell you burn when you're trying to cook the rest (laughs) but um so be really careful not to burn it but so I put it in and then I put the chicken on top and then I add a jar of curry sauce that I get from Aldi I have made my own butter chicken sauce before but I feel like it's not any better than what I get from the store it's a lot more work it's a lot more work you know the the recipe I do have which was given to me by Brian our brother you make two portions in one so like you save half the sauce for another time so that's something yeah and if I don't have any sauce that I bought from the store I can do that because I've got a lot of the ingredients and they're like pantry items but I will cook the chicken and then I will take the chicken out and cut it up or shred it or whatever you prefer. But I will leave some of the chicken just in like slices and put the rest back in the sauce and leave that part for Finley because he will sometimes eat it. Mm -hmm. Uh, If it's just, you know, I, I don't have a lot of, I don't have sauce on it. I try to like make sure there's no big chunks of anything and like, it's looking, when I take the chicken out, the sauce is thin enough that it's not actually sticking to the chicken much at the beginning. You know, you put it back in and then that's when it kind of does that. But so stuff like that. If you have a meat item that you're putting into something, like I feel like in my experience of a picky eater, casseroles, soups, anything where you combine ingredients which is 90% of food we eat. (laughs) If you can hold back the meat from whatever it is, or like, you know, some ingredient that you're using, then you can give that to them. Like, 
for instance, if I'm making roasted carrots, which, you know, I feel Mm -hmm. like I've said before, is the only way I like carrots. And I think it's amazing. I don't know why anybody wouldn't like roasted carrots. But Finley has in the past, you know, can't say he would do it tomorrow, but he has in the past eaten raw carrots. So I'm cutting up the carrots, hold back, you know, a few of the carrots to put on his plate as something he can eat that is semi-related to what we're eating. Yeah. Also, according to my course, you also want to make sure they're getting whatever the dish is that you're making on their plate in front of them. They have to smell it and see it. You know, if you can hold back ingredients that you think they would eat, then that's that's good. You don't want to, like, create a whole new meal for them because that just leads to unhappiness and like you said it's it's definitely an internal battle that I feel like is more of a battle in a a mom's conscious than a father's I know my husband is is very much of the opinion that I'm gonna put something on your plate and you're just gonna be thankful that you have food and you're gonna eat it all and I'm kind of coming from the nurturer side and I'm thinking they don't have your mature palate they don't have your emotional mental or physical maturity and some things are not always going to be done by force and 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 be the right way to go about it so i like to encourage of course encourage my kids to try new things that's the biggest biggest thing but i also want them to have a good relationship with food and I want them to enjoy eating too and get the nutrients they need without it feeling like a chore and without feeling like they have to clean their plate of every single piece at every meal. I mean, I think that that kind of goes with you into adulthood of having to eat something, even though you don't, you know, it kind of removes that intuitive eating thing that we talked about previously that I currently feel is so important and I wish I was better at it. I, I got lucky with my four-year-old so far. I know sometimes pickiness shows up later and it might not always be this way, but he he's a little hungry hippo most of the time. He just likes to gobble up food, whatever everybody else has. So if we're sitting at the table, he sees other people eating something. Even if five minutes earlier, he said he absolutely hated it and he didn't want it, he'll start eating it and and then he'll he'll eat till he's full. And our 9-year-old is a lot better than he used to be. He definitely was part of the chicken nuggets macaroni and cheese fan club. Did not really like anything out of that, you know, kids finger food arena. He also really got into the habit of only being given kids finger foods. And I realized his dexterity with a fork and a spoon was so bad. Like our four-year-old, which was like two and a half, three years old at the time, can use the fork and the spoon a lot better than our nine-year-old. And I think that just kind of shows that, you know, when you cater to your kids with meals, it's so easy for the, you know, the chicken nuggets, the French fries, the hamburger, the fruits and vegetables that are, you know, finger foods. And, you know, it's, it's interesting to see the dexterity difference between children, depending on what they ate when they were young. But he is doing so much better. He, he tries really hard to not 
make it obvious when he doesn't like something I cook, which bless him. I appreciate that he, he's showing compassion and, and he's, he's trying not to make it sound like, make it look like he's miserable eating my food, but he's definitely picky and certain foods, you know, he just doesn't like, but he is a trooper. He will, he will sit there and, and try to eat as much as he can. And I have noticed that on the weeks that we have him, I try to stay away from the casseroles. I try to stay away from the all-in-one pots of meals and have more of the meals where everything's kind of separated so that he can choose what he has more of, what he has less of. And as long as he has at least a little bit of the main key groups, the vegetable, you know, the grain, the protein, then I'm fine. I'm fine with that. If if he he knows if he doesn't eat enough at supper, he will get hungry later because he always asks for a snack. And lately we've just been saying, if you're still hungry, you can have more of anything we had for dinner. You know, you pick. Do you want more of the, the vegetable? You want a snack, you know, on one of the sides? Do you want some more chicken? Do you want some more, you know? So that's, that's helped. But I, like you said, I just, I like the idea of always making sure it's on the plate, but I'm, I'm not going to make a kid sit there all night until they finish every last bite of something that they absolutely, that their body is telling them, yuck, you know, I I might throw up (laughs) if I eat more of this type of thing. I I know we've kind of like gone crazy on a tangent of picky eaters, which should be its own episode and it will be, but kind of to wrap it back around having the separate food items available to everybody. And then if someone wants to put everything together, throw sauce on top, great. If if the kids just want to have everything kind of separated, maybe like you said, have a raw version instead of a cooked version of something, you can keep it aside. I think that's great. Yeah. And it's just, it can, it can be just a small change in how you prepare it. Like the spaghetti, mm-hmm. you know, example. I know when I was a kid, you know, I was not a picky eater. So when <laughs> I, I was a kid, I, I remember going to grandma's house and she made spaghetti and she would put it all together. Yeah. So the sauce and the noodles and the meat was all in one pot. She put that pot on the table. Makes sense. That's easy. I liked that. I had no problem with that. But yeah, the simple solution, you know, and that's how um, Damon used to do it too. He would just put everything together. Same with Kevin. Yeah, which makes sense, you know, but by just, you're still cooking the same way, you're cooking the same thing, by just holding off on that combining, some some meals can be served separate, and it can make a big difference, because, you know, my son, he will eat spaghetti and, you know, just the regular sauce Yeah. on top, and that's not a big deal, you know, we just put everything on the table, and then yeah. go from there. But yeah, it it is something to think about. And I would love to learn more about doing that, like more ideas on how to do that. So I should probably look that up. Something else that we wanted to talk about, any methods that we have heard about or tried over the years, you know, swirling around on social media or anything. I can start if you haven't got anything in your head. I honestly... (laughs) 
I have no methods. Yeah, I can see this blank look. I feel like I need to have them, and I've learned some already from you. So, yeah, you start. (laughs) Okay, so there's this idea of the capsule pantry or the capsule meal plan. You know, I think we've all probably heard about capsule wardrobe. I love me a good capsule wardrobe. (laughs) There's something like this we could do ourselves in the in the future as far as I'm, I'm adding to our our list right now but they do this for for meals as well because I it's probably because it's trendy um, but something that I thought was very interesting now I don't do this currently because it was just too overwhelming for me but I love the idea I wish I could do it this kind of it kind of touches on what you were saying about how you're trying to save money it's not just about the, the less stress to prepare meals and deal with all that. We're also wanting to like waste less food. And that that's something that happens. Like I was saying, I have leftovers built into my weeks because I can't stand it when we're throwing away food. I remember, this is a little anecdote. We went to Florida for one of our last full family vacations. And I remember, you know, we stayed in a condo when we, and so we, we made our own meals a lot of the time. So we had all these things in the fridge. When it was time to go to the airport, <laughs> the airport, we can't take this stuff. We've got mustard, mayonnaise, bread, deli meats. You know, we've got all this stuff. My mom packed it all and brought it to the airport in bags. <laughs> and we sat in the, May, you know, when you first come into the airport, and I think I can't remember which airport it would have been, Fort Lauderdale. Wow. Or... Yeah, I think it was Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> Luckily for our mother, our flight was canceled. <laughs> <laughs> so there was like all of this like rigmarole to get a new flight. So we were actually waiting in the, you know, we didn't go through security because we didn't have any tickets yet. All worked out great for her. She put out all of our food that we had taken from you know there's like jars of mayonnaise there's plates cutlery all of the stuff we brought with us and we are all sitting around this little table yeah like a coffee table type of table I remember Brian our brother was in a wheelchair (laughs) but we're all sitting around I have a picture of this and we are you know making food making sandwiches and getting out all the chips and at the end of that the very last moment when nothing else might ever get eaten that's when mom threw it all away but if she could take it home she would take it home because she did not want to waste any food Mm -hmm. and I'm not maybe to that level but you can't live in that house without feeling the same way so this woman named Alicia Giorgio, I hope I'm saying her name correctly, we will have a link to her Instagram in our show notes. She goes above and beyond with her capsule meal planning. And what she does is she wants you, this is a very generalized description, but she wants you to like list the favorite meals for your family. She gives you a number to get to, and I can't remember what it would be, but like say that's 10, you know, 10 meals that mostly everyone in your house will eat if you make it. And then from these 10 as like a guide, choose, you know, like five meats that you would buy for the whole month. So you'll only buy like, say, chicken breast, hamburger, you choose, but there's only five. And every meal that you make, that whole month, we'll use one of those five. 
So you do this with the meat and then there's different categories that you can go in, you know, and you can choose this limited number so that when you go to the store, you are only buying these limited amount of items and those items will serve you for all of the meals in your month and they will not repeat your meal your meals will not repeat and one way that she brainstorms meals for the month is to take like I feel like she's had really good examples I'm terrible at brainstorming but like say I don't know like tacos say that's something that everybody eats everybody likes she says to take that one meal and like find alternatives that use similar things. So your kids might actually try these things because they're similar. So like, say, one of your five meats was chicken. Try chicken tacos, okay? Or taco soup. Or like change up the spices and now instead of having like a taco, you're having like a Greek pita. Yeah. And from there, you can make all these meals that use like the same things Mm -hmm. so that you're not buying all these like specialty items that you're only going to use for this one meal. And if you don't like it, (laughs) you're never going to use that stuff. That is a good idea. I mean, I still have in the the pantry, I have a tin of anchovies (laughs) that I moved with me. To this house, from my (laughs) old house. I have yet to use them. And I had them because I bought like a two-pack or something to make some kind of pasta dish that had anchovies. I probably even liked it, but I never made it again. Yeah. And so, you know, there they are. Maybe nobody else really loved it. You know, yeah. I mean, Damon, my husband is, is slightly picky as well. Yeah. I've got two picky men. And so I think any, if he knew it was in there. If he knew anchovies were in anything, he probably wouldn't eat it, even if you can't tell. So, like capers. Have you ever heard of capers? Do you know what they are? Yes. And thankfully, my husband loves capers and sometimes oh, yeah. goes overboard with the capers. But but yes. Well, Damon, I don't know if he knows what they taste like, but they look like peas. He and hates he peas. Mm. He refuses to eat anything with capers in it. That's well, fun. I put capers in a sauce I make. I make like a roasted red pepper mayo that I just, I love it. So I make it and it's in the fridge all the time. And I'll put it on the table and sometimes he eats it. Well, the other day we made paninis and the paninis called for capers. I put some on my, I was going to put some on mine, you know, but I'd made them without for him. And I was like, oh, I forgot. I'd put it in the panini press. I was like, I was supposed to add capers to mine. And he's like, oh, you know, you're, are you going to go to like, we have a grocery store like right next to us are you gonna go buy some or you know and I was like oh no I've got some he's like you have some I was like yeah I always have some he's like why I was like because I put him in my roasted red pepper mayo and he's like what (laughs) you know just like a kid right (laughs) obviously can't tell but from now on I bet you a hundred bucks he's not gonna ever eat it again that is so funny it's So. so true though so that's the one. And then I only have one other thing I wanted to add. I'll put this in the notes. There is this website called Real Food Whole Life. It's more on the healthy end of the spectrum. I used to listen to this lady's podcast back when she had her podcast. I wish she still did. And she comes up with a capsule meal plan on, I don't know, like a yearly or biannual basis. And it's literally a whole meal plan. Like she has the meals in there and all you have to do is just 
follow it. She's got, you know, choose one of these, choose one of these. And she's got like a whole, you know, website full of recipes that you can use. And she has, um, I'm just looking at her, I guess, blog post. And it's all about how to do it, like how to do a capsule meal plan. So we'll put that in the show notes as well. Yeah, for sure. Meal planning sounds awesome. And I'm sure it could be awesome, <laughs> if, especially if you love to cook. But yeah, can be kind of difficult. I wish I loved to cook. I feel like I would want to get more creative, kind of try some new things. If I felt like I was naturally intuitive, I think that's the word I want to be when it comes to cooking and not have to just go off a recipe and kind of make it to my tastes and my family's tastes. That'd be awesome. When it comes to challenges that I'm having cooking just in general, is, you know, I've got a husband who is very focused on all natural, healthy, organic ingredients. So I have to make sure anything I make includes foods that have a very little ingredient list. So very, you know, not very processed, top quality, which is hard when it comes to budgeting. Because <laughs> those are, of course, more expensive, unfortunately, like healthy produce, fresh fruits and vegetables, high quality meat, they're so expensive. And all the processed foods are extremely affordable. So that's, of course, a struggle. And another struggle for me is I don't feel great when I eat a lot of meat consistently. And the majority of my family doesn't do dairy. But Mm -hmm. dairy makes things taste really good. And I feel like dairy is very forgiving. It is sometimes hard for me to find a lot of recipes that don't have dairy, but still taste good for my nine-year-old, you know? And the older he gets, the less it'll probably be a problem. That's when the capsule food idea might be nice because I can maybe just batch cook proteins for me and have them in the fridge to pull out to replace any of the of the meat within the meals that I'm making and have that as an easy thing instead of making a whole separate dish, a comprehensive dish that's just for me. I hate that. I don't want to do that. But if you want to accomplish what I'm talking about, you have to plan. There's no way around it. And then we kind of get into, and this will, this could be the last thing we talk about because I know this is getting a little longer, but prepping, like meal prepping, having things cooked or prepared beforehand. Everyone kind of talks about that Sunday. Spend a couple hours on Sunday and batch out food items to have for that week. Have you done this? Has it worked for you? Um, I love that idea. I have not really made it work for me exactly. But what I what I would say I do as far as meal prep would be to either, I have in the past, like we have a very small family, so this wouldn't work for most people. Um, We have a small family. One of us barely eats anything. And (laughs) so if I make, like, I still make casseroles and stuff. Like, even if Finley's not going to eat it, I still, I still make that stuff. So I will freeze half, you know, and you could do this double. You could like double a recipe. You've still got to get the same stuff. You've still got to do the same process. But instead of making one nine by 13, you're making two. So a lot of casseroles especially do really well. If you just freeze them, you know, you cook them all the way and then you freeze them. Or maybe you have like a different process where you don't cook them all the way. But for the most part, I will cook them. I will freeze one half, put it in the freezer, and that will be another meal. 
you know, so that's already ready, especially on time, you know, times when I'm like, I don't have anything, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, you just got to remember they're in there. You know, I'm a very forgetful person. Um, that's what makes cooking difficult for me is because I will think I know what's in something and then I'll forget that there's one ingredient that, oh yeah, that's in there. And I did not buy it because I didn't look at the recipe because I thought I knew. I've heard about people, like you said, doing proteins, of course they're doing meat, but like making um, a pound of ground beef Mm -hmm. and freezing that and then just defrosting that and then adding in taco seasoning. I will freeze taco meat. I will make it and freeze it in little portions just to take out for Finley's lunch or, you know, like at home so that I'm not having to defrost like a whole you know, meal of it because he may only eat, you know, I don't know. I, I don't want it to go bad. So I can do taco meat. You can do this with chicken, like shredded chicken. You can make it, shred it, freeze it, and then yeah. add it to like a bazillion chicken casseroles that call for cooked chicken. Something else I do is I love to buy a whole chicken from Aldi or whatever. I put it in the Instant Pot and I just make it that way. It's pretty easy. You can put a frozen chicken in your Instant Pot. Yeah. It'll take an hour, but that's fine. I mean, there's no prep involved, really. You just shove it in there and just put some water in there. Um, and it comes out pretty well. We eat some of the chicken. Finley will actually eat chicken. And then I freeze the rest. Like, I pick it clean, freeze the rest, or put some in the fridge for Finley. If we're having a meal that he doesn't like, I can just give him some pieces of chicken. Yeah, and at least he has some protein. Yeah, that. that's his one thing. Sometimes it's even just making a meal that will have parts of it you can use for other meals. Yeah. So you're already making it, but just like making more. And then you can, you know, it'll just trickle down. I have never done the Sunday meal you, prep thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm, take that back. I did. I don't know if Finley was born or not. It might have even been before I had kids. I just had too much time on my hands. I found this. I don't even know if they're still in business, but I don't know what it was called either, which stinks. But if I figure it out, I'll put it in the show notes. It was a service where she sends out your like meals and recipes for the week. So she would do five dinners, three breakfasts, two snacks, you know, something like that. And she had an instruction sheet on how to prep the whole week with her recipes Sunday or whatever day you chose and how far to take each thing what you can do in advance and she was like day one here's what you do you know so that every meal could be ready in less than 30 minutes after that which was a great idea and I did subscribe it's like a subscription kind of thing for like a month or something but because we didn't eat you know, no, you know, I just felt like I'm like accumulating all of these instruction <laughs> sheets and I'm not making enough. I just felt like it was getting away from me. But that's something also I'll put it in the show notes that could be a help, especially if you're not used to prepping, like meal prepping, just even doing that for like she's probably got a free trial. I think that's how I got into it. Even just doing like one week or two weeks and seeing what you can prep, like yeah. just generally. Like, oh, yeah, you can actually cut up sweet potatoes and toss them in olive oil and salt and pepper, stick them in a bowl and stick them in your fridge. And then you just have to dump it in your sheet pan and you're good. can do that. But there's some stuff that probably wouldn't work so well. So that's an idea as well. I mean, I do like the idea of putting in, even if it's just like an hour on a Sunday, just to make the week go smoothly. 
I just, whenever I have tried to like do the structured batch meal prepping, I, <laughs> I either change my mind and I don't want to eat that yeah. <laughs> or, or it doesn't like rice. If, if it's not heated up the right way, uh, it, it does not taste good day five, you know, day four, day five and certain other things. They just, you know, stuff comes up. Sometimes it's like, oh, we're not going to be home. We're going to go out to this or, oh, you know, maybe we should go celebrate this. And, and then you have the risk of having stuff go bad in your fridge. And the last point that makes this hard for me is we do not have that much space in our Mm -hmm. fridge. I have a family, again, of five. We shop at Costco a lot. So the containers that we're dealing with when it comes to beverages and sides and condiments and foods, everything is a little bit bigger. So I have a very limited small section of this fridge that I have to work with. And I'd love to be the, the woman with the garage fridge, right? <laughs> Having like a full size fridge in my garage for like this, the, the, uh, the stuff that's like too big for the main one, but still needs to keep cool. That's on my list. <laughs> Maybe Christmas. That's something to think of too. And I just can't have all of these containers, you know, everywhere in my fridge. So unfortunately, I do have um, a, another freezer though. And I like the idea of intentionally making a double batch of something one night when I have the time and freezing it. I just have to figure out which meals that works with well and which meals it doesn't because we do not have a ton of casseroles and we don't have a lot of things that just kind of go together and can be served together, mainly because a lot of the casseroles that I would love to make are like dairy crazed yeah. and have like cheese over the top or have like a cream of chicken, a cream of mushroom or, you know, something to kind of hold it together, right? Yeah. But, you know, I, I, I'm sure I could think of a handful of things and then those nights where I just don't have the time or I don't want to make something from scratch, it would be great to walk out to my freezer, grab something that's perfectly labeled and just yeah. toss it in the <laughs> oven. Like my daughter, I have a 16-year-old daughter. That's something that she could do when we're gone. You know, she could get started on that and just put it in the freeze or the, the oven for me. Man, yeah. I'm inspired. That has Good. inspired me, Jen. I am gonna I am gonna try that and we'll see what happens. And it is like you said, it's so personal. That's the thing. Everybody's family works differently. Mm-hmm. Everybody's style is different. And you know, it's so easy to look at Facebook reels and see all these meal prep videos and they look so amazing. But I know if I were to do that, I would be stressed to the max. Like, oh, oh, you know, I've got to make this and I've got to make this and this is going at the same time. And because some of these like freezer meals, I know I've tried to get into that too, where they make like four freezer meals in one sitting, Yeah, you know, and you've got like all this stuff going at the same time. And I just, it just makes me feel like I'm overwhelmed and yeah. And did you want to do the favorite things? Yeah. Let's do favorite things. Let me think. What have I, I been enjoying? First. Let's see. We have started drinking tea at night when we're watching our little, when we're having our couple bonding time, which I have mixed feelings about. And that's another conversation, how we spend our bonding time watching something. Um, but <laughs> we, 
we, you know, we kind of have some downtime together and we have been drinking dandelion tea. Is that kind of like coffee? Or No. So no. I know what you're thinking. There's this, um, uh, I can't it's remember. tea, I think, maybe. Yeah. Let me, and I'll edit this. Hold on. Yes. Okay. So the dandelion root uh, coffee substitute is similar, um, but this is more. This is definitely does not taste like coffee whatsoever. And it, I, I'll try to, I'll grab it so we can link it in the description. But it's, um, it's a, it's a, you know, comes in form of a tea bag, and. It's supposed to really, you know, calm you yeah. before bed. And it, I mean, does it taste as good as my English breakfast tea with two teaspoons of sugar? Absolutely not. <laughs> but it's kind of nice. You know, I feel like I'm doing something good for my body. It's good enough for me to drink. And it doesn't keep me up at night like coffee would. And it gives me that comfort. What about you? Well, I was, you know, kind of thinking about it while we were talking and it's like, oh yeah, my favorite thing. And I'm going to do a product this time and it is the Wet and Wild Eyeshadow Palette. It's called Walking on Eggshells. Huh. Um, it is like sort of cheap. I mean, Wet and Wild stuff is pretty cheap compared to even drugstore stuff. But I have found a lot of favorites in that whole brand. You yeah. know, I've got several things that I've liked. I used that for the first time, like, almost like 10 years ago, I think, is the first time I used it. And I've bought it off and on since then. I hadn't bought it in a while because I've been using, like, one of those palettes that you can put pots in. Like, you can personalize it. Yeah. And I've loved that, like having blush, and you know, have everything you need in this one little palette. And I've done that for like maybe five or more years. And um, I used to get the pots from a place called Coastal Scents. I remember. Mr. Robin, yeah, loved that. And they were like super cheap. Like you could get them sometimes for 99 cents a pot. And they were good quality eyeshadow. I thought, you know, they were easy to use. I, well, I ran out of the ones I've been using and I went online to order new ones and they don't even make them anymore. It's like they never existed. They're, the company still exists and they make like brushes and stuff like that. Um, but those, those single eyeshadows are gone. Um, I looked at Ulta and it's like, you could buy a single eyeshadow for like nine bucks. Ooh. <sighs> you know? So... I decided, you know, I I hate what I'm using so much that I just I just thought, you know what? I'm just gonna. I was in Target um, by myself the other day, and I went to the makeup area, which is so uh -oh. gorgeous, you know. And I was just walking down. I there was Wet and Wild. I was like, I wonder if they still have that palette. And I looked. I wouldn't know if I would call it a palette, but it's just like you know, five eyeshadows. And they still have it. It's not in the same. It doesn't look the same as far as the packaging at all, but they still have it. Nice. And it's five, I think it's four or five eyeshadows. I bought it and I have been using it, you know, for the past like four days or something. 
so much better than what I was using, you know. Yeah. Um, I would highly recommend it. I think it's one of the best, like, if you're, you know, if you're a neutral girl, which I am, I feel like it wears really nice. It, it's, it's nice. I'm glad I just bought it and didn't keep using, you know, those little ones that I still had left that I didn't like that much that I was leaving till the end. Yeah, I, uh, I need some. I might look, I might take a look at it. I'm a neutrals girl as well. And currently I'm like digging out from three different palettes because, you know, you, you get a palette with like 10 colors and for just eyeshadow and you use three. And then, yeah. so I have these different palettes from the last, I don't know, five years. And I'm like mixing and matching, trying to like <laughs> get a full a full look together with, with all these different palettes. So yeah, maybe I should just bite the bullet and get something that has everything in one place. Yeah, I mean, that's just the way it is with eyeshadow. Unless you do the single, which I feel like is really hard to find. And if you yes. do find it, it's super expensive. Yes. So... Sometimes it's best just to get the ones, even though you know you're not going to use it all the American way. It is. Well, thank you, everybody. We hope that some of this was helpful. Uh, if you are thinking of meal planning or meal prepping and everything we mentioned, we'll have in the show notes, of course. And we will be back uh, with another episode. Thanks for joining us. Find us on Instagram at Sisters Surviving Motherhood for podcast updates or to send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. We hope you have a great week and we'll be back with another episode next Monday.